Alright guys, what's up? Um, welcome to, I think this is episode 13 or 14 of Pickpocket Bets. There was a large uh, gap in, in me uploading, um, so I apologize for that. I uh, have just been busy with like work and stuff, but I have a new co-host now uh, joining me, my friend Evan. Um, so we will be doing this podcast together from now on. Uh, Evan, if you want to introduce yourself real quick. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, my name is Evan. Uh, I've known Josh for a while, and uh, we've been talking about sports betting for a pretty long time. And uh, I used to play esports professionally. We've uh, been longtime NBA fans, although LeBron or uh, Josh is a big LeBron fan. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to be a part of the show. So I guess um, just like a general overview, it's been a really long time since since the last episode. So I don't. I'm not going to go through like a month's worth of, of bets but um you know i've still been you know betting on the side and stuff without doing the podcast um had a little bit of a cold streak uh, i remember i was talking to on my podcast about when i was going to vegas for wildcard weekend um i lost like i don't know five or seven hundred dollars there so it went really badly um and like one of the things too about this podcast which i kind of have disclosed on the earlier episodes but always got to talk about it is like as much as we're giving you advice on, you know, what we think is smart or what is a good bet to make, um, it is your money at the end of the day. And there's always, like, nothing is guaranteed in sports betting as much as we can sit here and go through all the analytics and tell you what's good and what's not. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, we'll give you suggestions on what we think is, is good. But at the end of the day, like, it's your guys' money. Um, be smart with it. Um, we're not going to put, like, a whole gambling addiction thing up. But, yeah, just, like, make sure you know what you're doing. And uh, don't, don't bet only bet what you can afford to lose don't don't bet more than you can lose i um i used to like i don't think it's it's not really worth it for me to hold my phone up to the screen i did that a couple times but um i got really lucky like i think it was last weekend um i made like i hit two thousand dollar parlay so i made two grand and then that basically uh made up for about a month and a half two months worth of losses so uh, I'm, I'm in a pretty good spot right now, which I'm glad. Um, but I think uh, I don't think I'm not going to go super, super far into like all my bets in the in the history in the last month. Let's just kind of go into um, what's what's happening now. So I so for right now, I, like the MLB just started. So I don't think we're really going to touch too much on that because it's such a long season um, and, and, and that type of thing. So we're going to focus today on NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs. In the NFL draft, and then we'll have a few segments at the end too. Um, I think I, let's just start off with the ah, excuse me, the NFL draft. Um, Evan, I guess what are, what are you thinking about this about this draft? Because I would be surprised if there's five quarterbacks taken in the first five picks, and it's kind of looking like that might happen. Yeah, well, I actually heard this on a podcast not too long ago that um, they've only ever had three quarterbacks go uh, in the top three, I think ever, uh, you know, consecutively. Um, so yeah, the odds of, you know, four quarterbacks going off the board uh, or five quarterbacks going off the board to start off with is really unlikely, but yeah, I guess I wanted to dive in a little bit more into, you know, who is expected to go in the, you know, the top couple of picks. Cause right now, you know, Bryce Young is the odds-on favorite to go number one overall, but that wasn't guaranteed, you know, when the Panthers traded up for the number one overall pick. It was originally C.J. Stroud, but they've slowly 
taking his odds down. He's now plus 1,000, and Bryce Young is minus 2,000. What do you think about that? So I guess my only answer to that is I saw some stuff on Twitter about how all these quarterbacks had to take this, not like a cognition test, but they had to take a test that kind of, it, it kind of, let, like, it basically you're taking like an ACT for the NFL. It's like, let's see how well you can think through think through stuff and like make decisions based off progressions. And apparently Anthony Richardson was like off the charts with it, like extremely smart, like scored like super, super high. Apparently Bryce Young, um, who is now supposed to be the number one pick, obviously by favorites wise, uh, also was insanely did scored insanely well on that. So I think some of the movement of these of these picks is kind of I think it's gone off that because apparently CJ Strouds was like a 20% and he scored like 25% lower than like anyone else. So I don't know if that I'm not saying CJ Stroud is like incapable of playing football, but when you're when you're playing at wide receiver U, um I don't think there's a lot of thoughts going on in his head. I think he's just like fuck it, he's down there somewhere which is like the same way I feel about Tua, if I'm being honest. So I, I think that Bryce Young actually was like one of the only Alabama quarterbacks that I've seen recently that played with a team that like, like Alabama wasn't like, you know, they weren't gods this year. Georgia ran the SEC, didn't lose a game, won the natty. Like Alabama was good this year, but they weren't like, oh, this team is, it's not like you got, you know, Jerry Judy, Doug Ruggs and fucking, you know, Jalen Waddle back there just like getting open. So I think I honestly I think Bryce Young, in my opinion, is like the safest pick. Um, but I, I also think that Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling. And I don't know what it is about Will Levi's, but like I just I think he's trash. <laughs> Will Levi's, yeah. Um yeah, no, uh you know, it's interesting that you say that you think Bryce Young is the safest pick because if you think about like his physicals, physically he is not necessarily the safest pick. You know, like he's never going to be any taller than he currently is at like five foot eight, five foot nine, five foot ten, whatever he actually is, and he's not even quite to two hundred pounds. So uh, he's got like everything when it comes to yeah, like you said, you know, cognition, um, just understanding the game of football. Uh, I think his pocket movements really good as well, extending plays, but. Um, in terms of his size, that's going to be, you know, an issue long term. We've seen, you know, some shorter quarterbacks go uh, near the top of the draft ever since, you know, Russell Wilson got drafted in the third round and had a lot of success. Or, you know, Drew Brees is fairly short as well as a pocket QB. But, you know, Kyler got drafted pretty highly uh, being, you know, the the small sort of guy he is. But at least Kyler weighs more than Bryce Young. But um, I guess, you know, it was kind of interesting what you said, too, is that Anthony Richardson tested really well, too. And he is projected right now to not necessarily go number three, um, but he is not, you know, he's not expected to go in the top two because he's plus 2,500 for the first and second picks. But when you get down to the number three pick, he is plus 350 to go. And I guess the overall favorite would be Tyree Wilson to go at the number three pick over um, Will Anderson. Will Anderson has fallen a little bit as well, which is kind of surprising. Um, but uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson, what's interesting to me is, you know, you said Will Levis. You didn't really think that he, you know, was great value or that he's very good. And I actually strongly agree. I think that... I didn't he, even think he was good in college. Like, I I, I bet I would... He had be, one he went good to Kentucky, year. right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I would... I remember I would, like... T- like I, I would always take Kentucky money line when they were playing like a, a team on the road because 
like I knew they were good, but they would always be like plus 200 plus 300. And I was like, dude, this is great value. And like, they got this like NFL caliber quarterback. I don't know what it was, but like, I just, every time I watched them, I was just like, not very impressed. So, I mean, maybe that's just me being biased, but. Here's what I have to say when it comes to the odds, right? So Will Levis is minus 120 right now, the favorite to go as the number two overall pick. Uh, I believe it's to the Texans, right? And that makes no sense to me. Anthony Richardson is plus 2,500 to go number one or number two. What is what is better about Will Levis versus Anthony Richardson, right? Like Anthony Richardson. Well, I mean, I would take really Davis well. Mills. I would take Davis Mills over Will Levis. Like Davis Mills is a better quarterback than him, in my opinion. He's already Davis Mills wasn't even bad last year for that team. I mean that that team was fucking horrible. I mean, no one's gonna win with that roster, and they. I mean, it was they weren't in a position to win, and Davis Mills still. I mean, he did what he could with what he had, if if that makes sense. Like. Uh, yeah, I think so, I, I think using the number two pick on a quarterback like Will Levis is a very Texans decision. You know what I mean? That's like a a franchise Textbook. ruining sort of draft pick. And again, all I have to say is Anthony Richardson. You know, they, they say Will Levis has the height, he's got the arm talent, and all that sort of stuff. He's got the intangibles. He's a great leader. Anthony Richardson, by all accounts, apparently is a great leader. Everyone loves him. He's apparently super smart. The dude is six foot five, has barely played college football, is a top-tier athlete, um, yeah. has a cannon arm. So I really don't understand how you could draft Will Levis over Anthony Richardson. And, you know, I don't know if the Texans are going to Texans it or not, but Anthony Richardson, if he's there at number two and you're taking a QB – uh, and you're not interested in C.J. Stroud, and Bryce Young's already off the board. How I don't know how you can take Will Levis over Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I, I I will fully agree with you on that. And kind of two other things to talk about real quick is like for one thing, um, I guess I'll say both of them, and just like you can respond to them. But the first thing is I am like I'm happy the Bears traded the number one pick because I think they would have fucked that up if they had actually kept it. But I also don't think. They actually got – I don't think their haul was, like, worth the number one pick. And that might be a hot take because DJ Moore is a great receiver. I think that's who they got from the Panthers. But yeah. um, I don't – I don't know. I just, like, that trade to me wasn't, like – it wasn't, like, mind-blowing. I was just, like, I mean, okay, I guess that's a fair trade. But it's also the fucking Bears. Um, and then the second thing is that I am loving all of this talk about, like, how much Jalen Carter is like not good and how like he has all these problems and stuff, because I think he's going to fall to the five number five pick. And as a Seahawks fan, and I know you are too, obviously like I want Jalen Carter. I don't, I don't want a quarterback. Like we don't like, cause the thing is Gina, like realistically, if you're going to draft a quarterback, then you're going to have to trade Gino and you just sign him to this contract. So you might as well let Gino play one year, see if he's actually worth his money Get get it get get Jalen Carter get a stud on defense. I mean, they have so many picks. It's like, like the only thing that's keeping them from being an elite team is just having the defense back to where it was before. Because the offense really was never the issue. The honestly, the problem was that Gino was pushing so hard. Like in the Niners loss, like Gino was just pushing so hard to score because the defense couldn't get a stop. So it's just like you know what I mean. It's like you got like if you're gonna put pressure on the quarterback to just score every single possession. Obviously there's going to be turnovers because they're trying to force stuff. So I hope they draft Jalen Carter at number five. Yeah. I think there's actually some insane like analysis paralysis going on where like all we've had is time since the college season has ended. And 
it's allowed people to really overthink the entire draft process because, you know, going into, you know, the end of the college season, everyone's like, oh, yeah, definitely Bryce Young, number one overall, or, uh, you know, the top two players off the board that are non-QBs are definitely Will Anderson and definitely Jalen Carter. And now it's switched a little bit. You know, Jalen Carter has his own issue going on. But uh, really, if I'm being honest, I I think that is not going to affect where he goes in the draft all too much. And then Will Anderson, I always thought was, you know, without a doubt, the top edge rusher. But now people are saying Tyree Wilson because of his um, uh, because of his overall size. Uh, But it's just surprising that, you know, Will Anderson, who was like a surefire, you know, top three pick. Uh, it's starting to slip a little bit. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's just having way too much time on our hands and kind of just overanalyzing situations. Like, uh, you know, I think the combine didn't really change our perspective all that much on, um, you know, who Will Anderson or Jalen Carter are as players. We we know they're fantastic um, and they're from top tier, you know, uh, programs as well. So, yeah, I would love for one of those two guys to fall to the Seahawks. Uh, but Tyree Wilson might be that guy too. Um, if but it seems like Tyree Wilson is starting to move up the draft boards like late, right before the draft. Because again, right now before, uh, you know, right now on the twenty third, he is favored to go number three, uh, which was not the case uh, at the end of the college season. I gotta get a little bit more educated on like the full draft, because um, like I'll be honest with you, I. It's not like I don't know who these guys are, but, like, I couldn't go through, like, the whole first round or anything. Like, I feel like I have a good idea for the top five, top ten, but after that, I don't I don't have enough, like, background knowledge to, like, give any of my analysis on that. So, that's kind of where, I, where I'm at with the draft. Um, do you got anything else to talk about with that? Um, let's see. Um, we can talk more about it next week because I think we're gonna have a little bit of time. I think that's just a good thing to go over for now. But uh, yeah, no, the only reason I know a ton about the draft is because I've been listening to nonstop draft podcasts, like just trying to figure out who the Seahawks are going to take. But uh, yeah, we can move on uh, to our next segment. You want to do, let's go, uh, let's jump ship over to the NBA. Um, So we got the playoffs going on right now. Uh, I guess I'll just like, I mean, I'm sure you guys are probably following it yourselves, but um, so the Lakers are up 2-1 over the Grizzlies. Uh, so I have the Celtics game on right now. I think the Celtics are winning right now. I, I honestly don't know, but I know they're up 2-1 in the series. Um, and then the Bucks, the Heat are up 2-1 over the Bucks. Nuggets are up 3-0, and they're playing game four right now. Um, Suns are up 3-1. I forgetting anyone. Oh yeah, the Sixers. The Sixers swept. Um, but I guess we can talk about just kind of like the series outlook. Yeah, I think okay, real so, quick, before before we get into like uh, series outlook, I'll just mention real quick the games that happened today on the twenty third. So just today, the Knicks won. You know, one hundred two to ninety three over the Cavs. The Celtics did end up winning uh, over the Hawks, 129 to 121. Now they have a 3 1 lead. And then the Warriors won by one point over the Kings to tie the series 2 2. So I'll just start with the West. Um, I'm just looking at the playoff bracket. I'll start with the West and then go to the East. Um, and then I'll just like, I'll just go through each series individually and then we'll kind of go talk about it. Um, so, like, for the, the Nuggets, Timberwolves series is kind of 
I actually have a parlay for that tonight. Um, I'll talk about it, I guess, in the podcast. But it's gonna be happening. Like, like none of you guys will be able to see it. Like, none of you, none of you guys will be able to place it because the game's already started. But I'll just, I'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, but I think the series is like, I mean, the Nuggets are obviously gonna win. I don't know if they'll sweep. They might five one. They might five one or sorry four one them. But yeah, I don't. I don't think there's really a contest there with the with the T Wolves. They are currently winning right now, actually. The T-Wolves are up 5-0. Five, five um, but I had this – the parlay I placed for t- today, um, I had a couple that couple that already missed, but my last one was um, – it's a five-legger. Nuggets money line. Jamal Murray to make two threes or more. Nikola Jokic to have eight assists or more. Um, Michael Porter Jr. to score 15 points or more. And then Jamal to have 20 points or more. Uh, that was plus 289. I put a hundred on it, so the payout would be I'd get I'd get three eighty nine back in total if it hit. Um, but yeah, I think the I think the Nuggets got that series kind of kind of in the bag. Um, any you have any thoughts on it? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of a stinker of a series. I think I think yeah, the Nuggets are going to put them away probably today, uh, sweep them four zero. I don't really expect the Timberwolves to to come here and win this game. Maybe the Nuggets will. Uh, you know, take today off. It's a possibility, but uh, I just think the Nuggets are just a much better team, and I think they're just going to finish the series today. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we got Suns Clippers. This series is really weird because I think that if Kawhi and Paul George were actually playing basketball um, and like actually on the court and like actually able to produce for the team, um, I think that the Clippers would win this series. But like Ty Lue literally was like, "Oh, this is what we've been saving Kawhi for the whole year," and then dude hasn't played the last two games and is not has no timetable for return and the clippers clearly are not going to win with you know storm and norman and and russell westbrook as their as their number two option number one and number two so uh i don't know that series is just like kind of stupid to me because i think the clippers are actually the better team um the suns are a fucking juggernaut i mean when you have two guys that can score 30 points a game on any given night like the Suns have the perfect recipe right now to win. Um, so I think that – I think – I mean, the Suns will win the series. I wish that Kawhi and Paul George had actually played, but that's not really how it is. So Yeah, it's uh, it's just disappointing, I think. Yeah, like I think this series could have been a lot more interesting because, you know, there's some bad blood between the Clippers and the Suns still from the last couple of seasons. I know Devin Booker and Paul George don't necessarily like each other, and Kawhi was playing really well in this series before he went out with injury. Norman Powell had like a 40 point game, which is insane. And Russell Westbrook went from, you know, being terrible in the first game uh, offensively, but having some great defensive plays to kind of like stepping up offensively and uh, shouldering most of the offense, having like 37 in the last game. And so it's unfortunate because, I mean, yeah, this would have been a really fun series to watch. Uh, two completely different teams in, you know, in some ways, like, you know, they, are pretty superstar heavy, both the teams, but I'd say that the Clippers are a very deep team um, if everyone's healthy. And yeah, I, I actually probably would have favored the Clippers too if they were all healthy uh, in the series. But um, the only concern I have is just the Suns going forward uh, with their depth. Obviously, you know, trading away Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson now, you know, they're very top heavy. Kevin Durant is, you know, just coming off of an ankle injury. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Torrey Craig, and then DeAndre Ayton. That's their starting five, and then they don't really have a lot of depth, you know, behind that. So 
Um, I think they'll be fine for obviously this series. Um, although I, when we get more individually into the next game, I actually do think the Clippers have a chance to steal one more, but, um, uh, I worry about the Suns' uh, ability to kind of maintain this sort of trajectory going throughout the rest of the playoffs because, you know, like Chris Paul has shown that he's faded in previous playoff series or in previous years, and he's playing heavy minutes right now along with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. So I see that being an issue going forward in the next couple of rounds. That's a good point. Um, that is a great point about CP3. He I like everyone remembers that Rockets Warriors series um, where honestly, I think the Rockets should have beaten the KD fucking Warriors. And I mean, I don't need to go into the full, you know, if you rewatch those games, like James Harden was getting tackled, like literally tackled and there was just no fouls being called. Uh, and then CP3's hamstring gives out on him. And uh, that's the end of that. So definitely that's, that's the story of Chris Paul is those injuries. So I, I think that's a great point to talk about. Um, so then I guess the other series we got going on, I think this is the most competitive series in the first round, um, besides the Lakers, uh, Grizzlies, even though that like, I will we'll talk about that next, but the thing with like this Kings Warriors series is insane to me because like genuinely, like every single, I, I have no idea who's going to win. Like, I don't know who's going to win each game. Like the, like whoever is the home team is heavily favored. Um, and like, the Kings have been plus 200 or plus 230 or like plus 300 on both the road games. Um, they honestly should have won the game today. Um, Harrison Barnes missed like the game winning shot, but um, I, I just think it's a really, it's a close series. And the thing with the Warriors, it's so weird this year. It's like they, they're, they're, so, they're, they're like an anomaly on the road. Like they, they like are, they can't win on the road, but they can win at home. And so, I mean, Clay had a good point when he was saying, like, I don't see anyone beating us in a seven-game series. Well, yeah, Clay, if you got home court advantage for four out of the seven games, I would agree with you. I think it's really hard to beat them. But the problem is when you're a six seed, you're not going to be the higher seed for the most for the most part. So it's like, I think the Kings, I think the Kings will win the series, if I'm being honest, which is kind of a hot take. But I see the Kings winning the series because I think that having the Warriors have to play four road games is inevitably going to be the downfall of them. It's funny that you say it's a hot take considering the, you know, the Kings are the three seed. It's just kind of funny because yeah, like the Warriors obviously have that, you know, prolific playoff history and the Kings, obviously this is the first time they made the playoffs and forever. But um, I actually think differently. I actually think that now that the series is tied two two, I kind of think the Warriors might go in uh, after regaining confidence, being down 2-0 in the series, I think they might go into Sacramento and steal a game from them. I'm not saying that they're going to win the series, but I can see the Warriors taking a 3-2 lead at least. Um, yeah. I think that's, I mean, it's a good point. I think this, like, I literally, if I'm the Kings, like, this next game is what determines who's going to win because, to your point, if, this, if the Warriors come in and steal this game, I mean, game six with Golden State up 3-2, in Golden State is going to be a madhouse. I mean, like that is a recipe for disaster. So if you want to avoid that, you got to win this next game. Um, and I mean, that's pretty obvious, but that's just, if I was like a player or a coach or someone in that organization, I would have a sense of urgency right now and be like, guys, whatever, like we almost pulled that out. And, and like, it's like with all these games, because it's a seven game series, if you lose a game, it's like, it's not like, Everyone talks about splitting one and one on the road. Like 
it's okay if we lose one and we win one. As long as we steal one on the road, then, you know, we got to defend our home court. But, I mean, if I, I would have a strong sense of urgency if I were the Kings for this next game because I don't think you want to deal with uh, uh, an elimination game on the road as the, as the three seed. Um, yeah. And then, do you have anything else to say about that? Uh, I was going to say one quick note is that, yeah, I was going to say that Darren Fox has been just absolutely ridiculous when it comes to, you know, clutch time. He was going to take that last shot in the game today, but he got double teamed, which honestly probably should have been expected. And he had to find Harrison Barnes for the wide open three and Barnes couldn't make his old team pay. But uh, yeah, that was my last thing is that, yeah, Darren Fox has been incredibly clutch. I think he won some award for like most clutch player of the season or something. Yeah, he was the clutch player of the year, which honestly, like, I didn't watch enough Kings games to know he hit that many buzzer beaters. But yeah, he was uh, he had a great year this year, so I'm I'm glad that he uh, I'm glad that he's becoming a superstar. Yeah. Um. So next up, we got Lakers Grizzlies. Um, I'm like the biggest LeBron fan ever, so I'm a little biased about this series. But um, I actually think that last game was an anomaly for the for the Grizzlies, like. There's no reason why they should have been down 35 to nine in that game. I mean, they were like, like I don't remember what the statistic was, but like they missed their first like ten jump shots or something, um, and then like John Morant just was like fucking on one and scored like 20 straight points. And even though the game was over at that point, like still is not. You still would rather not give a guy like that confidence going into the next game because, I mean, it's just. You know, it's just one of those you don't want to give him confidence, you know. So I, I think that this series, I could totally see the Grizzlies winning game four, Grizzlies winning game five, or excuse me, it would be game, yeah, it would be game four. I could totally see the Grizzlies winning game four. I could totally see them taking a 3-2 lead, and then the Lakers are going to have to defend home court and play game seven in Memphis. Um, I kind of, I, I see this series going to seven. If the Lakers get them in five, it wouldn't be super surprising, but like my gut says this goes seven. Yeah, it's uh it's funny that you preface this by saying that you're a huge LeBron fan, but as somebody that's not a huge LeBron fan and is kind of a LeBron hater, some might say, uh, I actually think, uh, surprisingly, that the Lakers are gonna win this series. And I think that the Lakers are in the Grizzlies' heads. And I think the Grizzlies almost are in their own heads because they have just been so aggressively trash-talking the Lakers for years, and LeBron's just sick of it. And LeBron is still, you know, he's a top-five player without a doubt, uh, and he can be the best player in the league on any given night. And I actually think that, yeah, no, I I think Dylan Brooks talking trash to LeBron before the game, and then uh, the Lakers coming out and taking a 35-9 lead at the end of the first quarter is not a coincidence. Uh, I think uh, Dylan Brooks poked the bear, and I think uh, LeBron LeBron has taken this series incredibly personally. You know, he he's obviously older now. He's he's not the same as he was a couple of years ago. But you know, they're taking shots at LeBron, and I think LeBron wants to shut the Grizzlies up. I like genuinely cannot believe that because because there's like there's uh, I don't think it was a playoff series, but there's like. When LeBron was in Cleveland, he played the Grizzlies with Dylan Brooks on the team, and Dylan Brooks was guarding him, and LeBron had like forty on his head and like destroyed him. And like when he said, "I wish I was guarding LeBron or like Miami or Cleveland LeBron," I was like, "I'm like, dude, like that guy was given the fucking best team of all- that dude literally beat the statistical best team of all time." 
ever in the NBA Finals and also led the entire team in every category. So I'm just like, like, I don't even know how to, like, that shit was just so outlandish to me. I cannot, like, no one would be, people would not be saying that about KD. People would not be saying that about Steph. If Steph came out and shot like two for 20 or like two for 10 or something, like, they would not be saying like, I wish I was playing prime Steph Curry. I wish I was playing Steph the year he broke the record. Like, that's where I was just like, where, like, I don't understand why you're saying this. Other than the fact that you just want LeBron to fucking end your life, which is fine by me, but like it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, one more quick note is that I do appreciate what Dylan Brooks is doing because I think that the NBA can be boring to watch when everyone is best friends. So you need a heel sometimes, and I think that Dylan Brooks is a perfectly hateable player, and I wish there was more players like Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green in this league. Um Players that like you know if you if they're on your team you love them and if they're on the other team you hate them so uh, I kind of miss that uh, in the modern NBA but uh, hopefully uh, it's a trend that continues. Yeah, I I do agree with you on that point. Um, all right, and then we got Bucks Heat. This series is this series is like a literal. This is like a calculus equation to me. I couldn't tell you what's gonna happen next. I have no. It's like. Whoever like like the the Bucks literally abused them in game one. It was like so bad that I was like, bro, I cannot believe the Heat even made the playoffs. And then here we are, the Heat being up two one in the series. And I'm just like, what is I don't know what's happening. Like I, I don't I have no idea what's gonna happen. Like it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And my um, gut says like the bu- my gut says the Bucks figured it out, but my gut also says that like the Heat might just do this. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't watched all that much of this series. Uh, just didn't seem like an interesting series to me, to be honest. But uh, I, agree. I know that Giannis is still dealing with a back injury, from my understanding. And um, I think while he's out, I think that it's a very 50-50 matchup without Giannis. If Giannis comes back, I think the Bucks win this series for sure. But um, with him out, uh, the Bucks still have a lot of talent on this roster. Uh, but the Heat are a great defensive team. Just depends on how... Uh, how much Jimmy Butler can carry the heat, I feel like, to some extent. Because um, Jimmy Butler, without Giannis in the series, is probably the best player on the floor. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and then we got the Cavs-Knicks series. Um, I think the Knicks – well, the Knicks just took a 3-1 lead today. Um, I say the Knicks closed it. I think the Cavs will win game five. Yeah, game – am I doing that math right? Yeah, game five at home. And then I think that the Knicks will win game six in MSG and take that series. Um, I think the Knicks are kind of a sleeper team in the East, honestly. Uh, Julius Randle is kind of their X factor as much as Brunson's the stud. Like, if Randle is on and Brunson's – like, Brunson's always on, but if Randle's on because he's had some, like, very shaky games, the the Knicks are, are, are actually a good team. Um, I think that they kind of have flown under the radar a lot this year, um, but they have figured out how to manu- – like. They had a lot of really close regular season games. They figure out how to pull out, and when you get to the playoffs, that's like kind of what's important. So I think that they, I think they're poised to make a deeper run than people would expect. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch that many regular season Knicks games, uh, but I will say that um, from the early season, um, I expected the Cavaliers to be a contender to potentially make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, maybe the actual NBA Finals, but. Uh, they have, without a doubt, 
underperformed and definitely disappointed me being down 3-1 to the Knicks. But uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe I was just taking the Knicks a little bit too lightly. Um, I just thought that the Cavs just looked so great, you know, before the All-Star break. And uh, since then, I don't know. I don't know what it is about this team. Do you, do you, have you been watching the games closely? Do, can, is there anything identifiable yeah. for why the Cavs have been like not that great? Well, so the funny thing is, is like I thought that last I thought with the offense without Donovan Mitchell, when it was like mostly ran through, like it was like Sexton and it was um, Gar, it was like Sexton and Garland, and then Isaac Okoro was like also pretty good, um, and they had they had one other guy I'm like blanking on his name, and then like uh, you know Mobley had like an insanely good like if I'm being honest, it seems like all of their young guys who like really shined a lot before Mitchell got there have regressed. And since Mitchell got there, the offense is a little bit more stagnant because of how much of a ball dominant player Donovan Mitchell is. And that doesn't mean he's not a great player, but he likes he shoots the ball a lot and he has the ball in his hands a lot. And I think it, sometimes it takes away from the flow of their offense. Like I thought that they were very well built how they were. And then like adding, you know, an all-star caliber player is never a bad thing. But at the same time, I don't necessarily know if like if like their team is built really to like have, you know, Donovan Mitchell doing what he's trying to do. Because the problem is like if he's gonna take thirty shots a game and he's not making fifty percent of them, like I mean you're yeah, like that's just already, you know, defense that's already then that's like who's gonna get rebounds. Well, if they're not getting offensive rebounds, those are missed shots, those are possessions for the team. I mean, it's like I think I think that their young guys have regressed a little bit, and I think that Donovan Mitchell has is is is, is streaky, and I think that's kind of their their problem right now. Yeah, just looking at the the last box score here, Donovan finished five for eighteen from the field, playing forty two minutes. So yeah, he uh, had a pretty bad game, finishing with eleven points on eighteen shots. Is yeah, pretty terrible. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't like know that's what to expect his... going forward in the series, but uh, I definitely think, like you said, the Knicks are probably going to end up winning this one. That's his only Achilles heel as a player. He's just kind of a shot shocker sometimes. Um, and then we got the we got the Sixers-Nets series. This shit's already over. The The Sixers swept them. It was a pretty bad series. Uh, it was not interesting basketball. Um, the Nets were clearly outmatched the entire series. Uh, and B didn't even play game four, and they still won. Um, the, the, the Nets almost stole game three, but, like, I mean, you just knew the Sixers. Like, it's the same thing as the Nuggets Timberwolves series. It's like, it, it's not like it doesn't need to be played because that's how things work. But we all know who's going to win. So yeah, that series is already over. Um, Boston and Atlanta um, is pretty interesting. I actually want to check. Okay, so the Celtics are Celtics won, so they're up three one. I mean, I expect the Celtics to win this series. Um, it's once again not a very interesting series. I don't think the Celtics are a very interesting team to watch, honestly. Like, I know that like Jason Tatum is great and Jalen Brown is great and Marcus Smart is great. Like, the Celtics have good players. I just think they're boring as shit to watch. And I also think that the Hawks, I think the Hawks play like a pretty brutal brand of basketball. I don't like I don't like how Trey Young plays. I don't really like his game that that much. Um, so yeah, that's just like. I'm just not a huge fan of the series, and, and Boston should win. Yeah, I think uh, Dimitri, our friend of the show, would take exception to you calling the Celtics a really boring team. But, uh, I mean, you're not all that wrong. I mean, um, you know, their sixth man uh, has been really good. Malcolm Brogdon uh, came in, has, has chipped in uh, pretty well for them. 
Obviously, the Hawks, you know, they finished with a 41 and 41 record. Uh, they didn't really have high expectations, but uh, I thought DeJounte Murray would add a little bit. I remember when they, you know, they traded for DeJounte, and I thought that this Hawks team would be revitalized in some ways and have a new sort of offense, but that's not really the case. I think um, it's kind of. You know, without having seen too many of their games, it feels like it's the same Hawks offense as last year. But then DeJounte just takes like a small percentage of plays away from Trey Young kind of doing literally everything. Yeah, definitely. I uh, I agree. I think that DeJounte is I, – I thought that like – like I looked – I don't know. Like the Hawks were like one of those teams to me where I thought they were like one player away when they were, you know, they made the Eastern Conference Finals and they lost to Miami. Um, I thought they were kind of like one guy away when they got to Jante. To your point, I thought that was like, all right, like Kevin Horder was great, but now they have, you know, two all-star caliber guards. Um, their, their issue was always they can't play defense and DeJounte is kind of a lockdown defender. So it was like now they got someone that can guard the other team's best player. They got two all-star caliber guards. They still have – you know, John Collins, they still got Capella. They still have, uh, uh, like, Onyeka, Ngonku, Bigo, whatever his name is. I mean, like, they had talent. I, I honestly thought they would be a little bit more effective. Um, but I, they just – I don't know what it really – I don't know what, what their problem really was. But um, Yeah, it makes yeah. you wonder a little bit because Kevin Huerter, you know, is doing great for the Kings now. Um, and obviously, you know, he was a defensive liability, but, you know, um, I think we're seeing in Sacramento, Kevin Huerter, he's not just a spot-up shooter, you know, like he is a playmaker as well. And I don't think you really saw that with the Hawks because, you know, again, Trey Young is so ball dominant that uh, Kevin Huerter didn't really get a chance to, you know, sort of make any plays himself be a playmaker. He was just more of a spot-up shooter for the Hawks. So while DeJounte is, you know, he's definitely a better overall player, uh, I think it wasn't as significant of an impact as uh, the Hawks were expecting, that's for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So for Tuesday, um, we got Hawks Celtics. I think, I mean, it's like the Celtics are minus 600. So there's like absolutely no value in that whatsoever. But I also don't think that it's smart to take the Hawks plus 450. Um, if anything, I'd probably lean towards Hawks plus 11 just because I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Well, the thing is, it's going to be in Boston. So maybe I'm, maybe I, maybe I should fade myself on that pick. I'm going to say, take, I would take Celtics minus 11 because it's going to be like, they're at home. They're trying to close the series out. Um, minus 600 does absolutely nothing for you money line, but I think minus 11 is like, it's not absurd. They could win by 15. Yeah. One quick note. I would say that, yeah, the first two games in Boston, uh, Celtics won by 13 and then they won by uh, 13, the second game as well. So, uh, I think, yeah, minus 11, um, I think the Celtics could cover uh, for sure. And I think that the Hawks, again, are they know kind of like what's going to happen anyways. I think they're going to fall apart. So I think that's definitely a good uh, bet for sure on the spread. Um, and then we got Clippers-Suns. I mean, it really just depends on who's playing for the Clippers. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't – I mean, it doesn't seem like Paul George even coming – has a it doesn't seem like Paul George has a possibility of even coming back this series. And I don't know what Kawhi's deal is. Um, the Clippers are plus 530. I I can't say that that's not a crazy value play because I could see the Clippers stealing a game from them. And 
like plus five thirty is absurd. Like that's 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 a pretty heavy. And you know, I'm assuming that's probably because they expect Kawhi to be out. But if he comes back, then like you said, it is a really good value play. I think. Well, and the other thing too is like they're plus twelve spread. So like, if you don't want to like mess around with like, oh, they're not going to win. Okay, well, I mean, I think they'll cover twelve points. If I, like, I don't, I don't. They haven't gotten blown out really. At least that I, I can remember. I, I think they can cover twelve. Yeah, I'm looking at a, a news article update, and it says that there's significant swelling in Kawhi's knee, and that's what came, uh, kept him out of Game 3, and everyone is saying it's very unfortunate, and it sounds like he will be out um, probably next game as well. But regardless, I do still think that plus 575 is good value. The spread is also 12, and it is in Phoenix, but I still think the Clippers could win it just like a big fu russell westbrook game is possible again he just he's been playing better and better every game of the series um and again i think the clippers are a deep team so even if they don't have Kawhi or paul george uh, i think it's possible that they at least cover the spread but um yeah like you said plus 575 i think there is some value in that it is a little bit risky though yep i agree and then uh for the knicks Cavs game on wednesday so yeah, now we're on Wednesday. Knicks Cavs Wednesday. Um, I expect so the Knicks are plus one eighty eight. Um, I would take Knicks money line if I'm being honest. Like I could totally see the Cavs winning this game as like a like like I could see this being like a game four of the finals when the Cavs didn't get swept. Were like against the Warriors, they came out and scored like like they broke the franchise record for like most points in a half like just weren't missing a shot. I could totally see the Cavs just like having the game of their lives next game to like stay alive. And then, and then the Knicks close it out in MSG. But I mean, I would still take Knicks money line for this next game. Um, they won game one in Cleveland. So they've already won there once. I, I, I think that's pretty good value. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to pick uh, Cavs to win the game. Um, but just based off of how the series has gone, I, I tend to think that the Knicks, especially if they're getting, you said they're like plus 188 to win. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think uh, plus 188, I think you almost have to take Knicks. Um, I think they're probably going to end up winning the game. And then we got Warriors, Kings. Um, the Warriors are plus 100, which is like, it's pretty good value for the Warriors, if I'm being honest. But it is the Warriors on the road, so for that reason, I might excuse me, I might lean towards Sacramento at minus one eighteen to win the game. Um, I don't think like it's not really like plus a hundred and minus one eighteen doesn't really make that big of a difference when you're thrown into parlays and stuff. And I mean, even the payout for the straight bet itself is like not that absurd. I mean, it's like ten dollar. It's like if you put down a hundred dollars. On plus a hundred, you'd literally be getting a hundred back, and if you put down a hundred on minus one eighteen, you'd get like eighty five or something back. So like, it's it's really not like it's not a it's not a big enough difference in the line to really like, oh, I, I'm taking this because because it's giving me value. I think it's more just like who you think's gonna win, um, and I would probably lean towards the Kings, but you know who knows. Yeah, I think this is really a toss-up. Um, I can see it definitely going either way. Um, the teams are very similar. The games have been incredibly close the last couple of games. And, uh, yeah, 
Uh, I would say uh, bet carefully. For the Knights with Jet Series, um, I think the Knights are going to pull it out. It's, they're up 2-1 right now. It's, it's, it's a close series, but I expect them to win. Um, and then for the Maple Leafs Lightning Series, this is like the be- I think this is the best series of the first round. I think it'll go to seven games. Um, right now the uh, right now the Maple Leafs lead two one, but I think this one will go seven. And then Rangers Devils, uh, the Devils pulled the last game out in OT, but I, I think the Rangers will take care of them and and end up finishing them off in like five or six. Uh, Kraken Avalanche is kind of a tough series. Um, I'm a Kraken fan. But the Avs are definitely the better team. Um, it seems like they've, since Seattle won game one and was up 2-0 in game two, um, the Avs have kind of dominated like since that point on. Um, I hope the Kraken can tie it up on home ice next game and maybe push this out to seven. But uh, so far, it seems like the Avs are the superior team. So sad to say, I, I could see the Avs pretty easily moving on. Um, and then we got Oilers Kings. This series is crazy to me because I thought the Oil like I, I thought the Oilers were gonna make a cup run eventually. Um, they're down three zero right now, and they're also down two one in the series. So the Kings are realistically probably about to go up three one. Um, I did not really expect that whatsoever. So that's kind of surprised me. Um, and then you got Hurricanes Islanders. Uh, this series is like like so the Hurricanes lead at three one. I think the Islanders will steal one more game, but I, I think I think that I think the Hurricanes will end up getting them in like six. Um, Bruins Panthers Bruins leading the series three one. The Bruins were the best team in the NHL this year. They set the record for most uh, regular season wins in history. Like they're like the Warriors in twenty seventeen. So like I think that I think the Bruins should win the Stanley Cup. They should definitely win the series. Uh, and then last but not least, we got Stars and Wild. This is a really good series too. Um, I don't think either team really has the advantage. It's tied two two right now. I can see Minnesota pulling it out, but I I honestly wouldn't. I, I couldn't tell you with certainty who's going to win. Um, I think kind of where I stand with the NHL is like Boston's going to win the cup. Um, that's kind of how I feel. So I don't really. I don't. I don't know. Like I'm not an expert on it, so it's kind of hard for me to like go super into detail about it. But yeah, I, I said I, that's kind of my thought process on that. Um, so I guess now we'll, we'll end up, we'll end the episode off with, uh, a few segments real quick. Um, so the first one's going to be, uh, the one unit play of the day. Um, so I guess if this is going to be up uploaded for Tuesday, um, if I were to pick for my one unit play of the game, play of the day on Tuesday, um, I'd probably stick with, I think. I would go with Celtics minus 11 as my one unit play of the day for Tuesday. Um, we kind of talked about it earlier. I think the Celtics will close the series out. They'll, they'll kill them. Um, I don't know if there's, I saw this video on Twitter of like DeJounte, like beefing with the ref today after the game. So the Hawks are definitely a little, uh, a little rattled um, mentally. So I would stick with Celtics minus minus 11 for my one unit play of the day um, for Tuesday. You got, you got any takes on that? Um, I mean, we already kind of talked about it uh, in detail, but uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty safe play considering that, you know, at home, the Celtics have won by like a minimum of 13 points. So yeah, I tend to agree. I think that's a, a pretty good play. I think if I was going to do, so for, for my parlay of the day, 
Um, I'm going to take, I would do Celtics money line. I would do Celtics money line, Suns money line, and, and Hurricanes money line. So two NBA, one NHL, Celtics, Suns, Canes money line. Um, I can plug that into my fan. Let me see if I can plug it into my FanDuel and tell you what the odds are on it. Yeah, it's pretty low. I mean, it's like it's not even plus a hundred. So I mean, I feel like that's a pretty safe, pretty safe one. Um, if you wanted more value on it, I would take Boston minus eleven, and then Clippers plus plus whatever they're at, like plus spread, and then Kane's money line, and that might make it. It'll probably make it like plus three or four hundred. Um, I saw, I just saw something on Twitter that Paul George is now, he's off of the injury report, um, for next game. So Paul George might be coming back, which would be a big boost for the Clippers offense. Um, which would be another reason why their plus spread would be a smart bet. So I would say, yeah, Boston, Boston minus spread Clippers plus spread and then Kane's money line. Um, I think that's a really safe three legger uh, for Tuesday. Um, I, I didn't have a chance to look at any player props, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that for now. But uh, you got anything else you you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, for since we don't have player props, uh, I just want your take on making one of the top ten picks in the draft. Where someone's gonna go? We already kind of talked about this, but you know, right now Bryce Young's minus two thousand to go number one. Uh, Will Levis is minus one thirty five to go number two to the Texans, and then at number three. Tyree Wilson and CJ Stroud are tied to go number three overall. Um, I'm curious, let's just say for the number one overall pick, I think that's the safest one to go with because there's so many variables once you get past, you know, the first couple of picks. For the number one overall pick in the draft, again, Bryson is minus 2,000. There's not a whole lot to gain there. But CJ Stroud was the the number one guy when they traded for the pick. He's plus 1,000. Is there any value in that? Do you see that uh, having any value? I'm going to say no, um, and I only say that because I think after – I just don't see them taking him over Bryce Young, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I guess it might be worth, like, maybe sprinkle $10 on it, but, like, I wouldn't – I would. I don't think that's, like, a super, a super smart play. I think one thing, though, that would be – I wish you could bet on, like, players falling because I would honestly bet on Will Levi's being the last drafted quarterback out of all out of all of them out of like the the main four kind of yeah like I would if I could bet on Will Levi's being the last quarterback taken out of like the main four not in the whole draft but between CJ Stroud, Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson I would take that bet I I think that I I think that the Texans will take like what is what what are Will Rich what are Richardson's odds, Anthony Richardson's odds for the second pick? It's plus twenty eight hundred for the second pick, but then the third pick he is plus three fifty. There is another interesting um, uh, prop here though, and it's NFL draft uh, just to be a top five pick. Um, there are some players on here like Tyree Wilson, Anthony Richardson, Jalen Carter. Is Jalen Carter on there? The surprising thing is that Jalen Carter is on here. And so Tyree Wilson is minus 400 to be a top five pick. Anthony Richardson is minus 105 to be a top five pick. Jalen Carter has fallen down to plus 400 to be a top five pick. Yeah, I would I would honestly, I would definitely 
put like 50 bucks on Jalen Carter to be a top five pick. And I could totally see the Seahawks taking him. Yeah. I think that's a steal of a, of a, of a, uh, a bet right there for sure. At plus 380. That's a, uh, I think that's pretty good value. I would, I would also sprinkle the Richardson plus 2,800 at number two. Okay. Like I, I, I don't know. I just, you know, maybe the Texans are super set on Will Levi's, but. Yeah. I think if, I think if the Texans are stupid, they get Will Levis and yeah, it's minus 135. There's no value there. But I think if they make that big brain, you know, galaxy brain, super smart play and get Anthony Richardson at the number two pick and let him maybe even develop behind Davis Mills for a year at plus 2,800. Yeah. Just like putting like maybe five bucks on it. Even there, there could be some value in that. I think at least. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. All right. Well, I think that's, um, that's all we got for, for this episode. Um, good, uh, good first episode back. We'll, uh, We'll upload this hopefully by Tuesday, and then we should get another one go. I think we might just start doing it bi-weekly um, instead of every single day. So I guess we'll you guys will figure that out when we do the uploads. But um, if you guys have any bets that you guys like, or if you guys want to, you know, engage any of the comments we made, just like leave a comment. Um, you know, hit us up. Like totally, like we want this channel to be engaging. Um, we want to give advice because. You know, we talk about this stuff all the time when we look at it, um, but we also want to hear from you guys because we, we don't like you guys. You guys are just you guys can make your own informed decisions as well. So, I mean, any any picks you guys like or anything you guys think is really like a good line, then please let us know and we will definitely talk about it or, or like look into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a fun first show and uh, look forward to it in the future. Yep. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.